Welcome to the Fatty Z Muskie Podcast. I'm Andy. Joined on the phone, I got Vance. Hi, Vance. Hey, how you doing? Good. And we're uh, switching roles. Now Todd's taking the night off. So. Hey, I did not take the night off. Yeah, you did. I was working. You sent me a selfie of sitting in a hot tub with a whole bunch of bubbles. <laughs> oh, yeah. Though I didn't I recognize of- it was you. Just like when I'm scrolling through Facebook and I'm like, oh, look at that, you know, whatever. I'm like, wait. And I have to scroll up and I really don't know if if that's you or not. I know. What it's, what what do you got going on there? It's this big beard and this long hair, dude. It's terrible. But now now th- there's there's a point here that I think that you're just going to see how long you can go cuz there's ways that you can get that stuff cut. There is ways to get that cut. Um they are opening places up, yes. Absolutely. But I'm booked every day and I can't get off the water in time. Just like last, last week I missed the podcast cause I fished till nine fifteen. you know? But I mean, you had time prior to the season, right? No, no, they were uh, all the barber places were closed. But I mean, that beard could easily be trimmed with a, with a scissors and then a razor. I do, but I usually like, I need my barber to shape it. You know, and then I clean from there. It's a whole process. I mean, I definitely could do the beard, but I'm just going to let it go until I can finally get a full, you know, full thing. Sucks. I think you like it. Everybody's making fun of me. I'm not making fun of you. I just, I think you like it. Well, I mean, it's not bad. I really don't care. You know, I look like a hermit. Look no, like you, you look like a, you look like another person. I don't want to. I don't want to bring up the name right now on the show. But you you sat next near this person on the stage at the Muskie Max. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think I think I. Okay, not that one guy. <laughs> well, it very well could be because I don't know. Probably not the, not no. the guy that you know. No, go 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 further south, and I know this is okay. making for right, really great fine. radio. Don't, yeah. don't don't compare me to that friggin' parent <laughs> coattail riding phony. Anyway, Anyways, I'm fine with looking like the other guy. That's fine, but I just it is uh, it is very hard to recognize you in the photos, especially you sent a photo the recently. From that little like, wedding photo booth thing that that you guys had down at you know in yeah. your wedding, yeah, and like how cleanly shaven you were, mm-hmm. to Scruffy McGee. I know, I know. I like went full on Hollywood here. I'm in. I've you look like from... Jim Carrey almost. You know how he's just been growing huge I, beards. Jim, yeah. <laughs> Jim Carrey's a little thin for me. You know, people have said I've looked like Ben Roethlisberger. That would be a fair um, comparison, yes. Um, Amish, um, ugly thing. So it's all good, you know. Grow I mean, his beard. It's got SPF. It does, but it also is a breeding ground for bacteria. Well, I, I shampoo it now, you know. Even still, just think of all the food particles and stuff that get caught in it. 
I'm barely eating out there. I'm eating friggin' nuts and craisins. Because you're I like mean, Survivor Man. You can yeah. cut off your pants, pant legs and make a kerchief. Oh, absolutely. Anyone get that reference? That'd be great. Um, but anyways, yeah, like I said, I think, I think you almost kind of like it. Like it was, there's some things that you just need an excuse to do something. Like you might be on the fence for it and you're like, well, I just can't do it myself. <laughs> so, uh, just gotta let it go. I've never really had a beard, you know, I'm seeing where it goes. Oh, obviously 32 you can years go. of age. It took me a while to grow a mustache. And I'm just seeing where it's going, you know. But I definitely, I would love to get a tight, some tight sides long on the top and keep the beard and see what it looks like and just, you know, drive the women wild. Very much so. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they're all looking at you on the water. Oh, fucking lines outside <laughs> right now. <laughs> oh, no problem. All right, stop. Let's talk about something serious. Okay, fat easy <laughs> musky <laughs> products. That's something real serious here. <laughs> so we're so serious that like I'm literally I'm hoping UPS shows up tomorrow because we're out of down east again. <laughs> <laughs> I got a whole giant box last week and guess what? They're all gone. I mean, I guess we should just be buying more. I thought you I ship am. them in a pallet. I've talked to him about that, and and the, and the cost savings just wasn't there. No, really. I I literally said, "What can we do on like freight?" And you shipped me a pallet. Mm-hmm. And by the time it shook out, it was literally like saving twenty five cents a rod holder. Yeah, well, we're almost there though. Almost, but I mean, but anyways, I mean, like the the orders have just been constant and a lot setting up a lot of boats. I mean, I'm fielding a lot of text messages, emails, all the stuff, uh, photos being sent to me, you know, given options, this and that. Um, you know, I had, I think a message today I sent to a, you know, said, you probably want to look over here for what you're, what you're trying to, trying to do. And you know, that was, that was that I, I'm honest about that bait wise. I'm trying. That's all I can say is I'm trying. I, I did finish up. They don't have hooks yet, but I got some more painted tough shads. Um, different colors than what we had originally. I got, I'm waiting on, actually, I'm waiting to get time to clear a bunch of raptors. So um, I'm making progress, but it's just slow to going. clear? Yeah, I have, a, I have about 100 painted. Wow. That's exciting. Hundred painted, and I think I got close to fifty tough shads, and I did that this week. And it is very difficult. I mean, like in the winter, I can hammer out the paint. I complain about it and stuff like that. But when you can devote like three, four hours continuous on a Saturday, and then do the same on a Sunday, and you know it gets dark at five thirty, and the kids are in bed by eight, and I come back out and hit another couple hours, I can crank the paint. It just, just isn't didn't... happening. Yeah. Just admit that ever since I went back to work full time, you've lost your greatest help. I've lost my greatest help and I've lost my will to live. I never get any credit. Like <laughs> just... Romney Dangerfield. <laughs> I get no respect. <laughs> yeah. 
That's that's great though. That's uh, I like I like hearing that. And I'm gonna ask you for a couple things on top yeah. of the things I've already asked you for <laughs> after the show, <laughs> uh, just to put some more on on the table for you. Okay, it, it, not from the list that you sent me earlier when you said you sent me a photo of what I need to vinyl cut for you, and you wrote mm-hmm. please, and then immediately thank you, <laughs> like mm-hmm. literally saying you're doing this. <laughs> it's polite. <laughs> But it's polite. Anyways, that uh, and then also yeah. So this is going to be even even harder. So this will be the first you're hearing this, Vance. Uh, we got it. We got a replenishing order from Musky Tackle online. So that's oh, gonna no. That's gonna really kick the inventory in the nuts. So it's not. Oh no, it's, sc- it's good news. Oh, we are screwed. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> anyways nothing. you can you can find baits at musky tackle online and i'm hoping here uh to be able to uh replenish them as i try to trickle put a little bit a couple drips in my bucket over here but it's all good you can check them out there you can also check out team rhino outdoors he should have some uh he's probably still coasted on that enormous package that we uh shipped out last year but who knows? Maybe, maybe not. He doesn't but, have many soft tails. I saw that. Because that, I almost contemplated on going on there and buying some. That was also shameless. the um, heavy, that was that was a heavy ordered item for MTO. It's, I mean, I don't know. I, I tend to gravitate towards the regular, but I think maybe uh, maybe people just like that rubber tail more. I don't know. I mean, obviously. people People love the rubber tail. They do. I mean, we we like we like them solid the solid eight because of the the weed edge. That solid weed edge, you feel like you can get down a little bit deeper. Three hooks, whatever. I mean, um, yeah, I'm going to just say that right now. So, I subscribe to it as soon as Todd explained. I'd rather have an extra hook than a rubber tail. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, but some people like seeing that flash, and and obviously. We always say that the jerk bait is the hardest thing to figure eight because you're kind of you're a rock in a hard place. You're not going to get that jerk bait action with four foot of line out. You know, the tail advantage on the eight. Yeah, the thing if you just move it in the water, it's, it, it you know swirls around and keeps some type of action going on. Uh, other than that, I mean, I obviously love them both, but two are there. I always grab the hard the hard tail. Yep. All right. How's Muddy Creek? Mm. Muddy Creek Fishing Guides, uh, mcfishandguides.com. Get a hold of us uh, if you'd like to get out. We're booking for the fall. Um, um, my books are uh, solid, filled right now. Uh, probably have about 10 days in October, and um, I can do the first two weeks in November. Um, other than that, I have the Friday on September 4th open, September 29th. And we're doing uh, five to nines, at least I am. Evening charters on the lake. Um, really, really fun time to be on the lake. My personal favorite time to fish. Uh, so if we are booked up, just know that you can still come out with us on an evening charter, 5 to 9 p.m. on Chautauqua Lake. It gets dark 
around like 9.30 here or so at this time of year. Um, so it's kind of nice. So uh, just get a hold of us for that. How uh, long do, How long do you run those five to nines? I mean, until like nine is pitch black or? I, I like run them through Memorial or excuse me, Labor Day. That's when it generally starts to, uh, you start to lose that light, you know? So good three months, June, July, August are all a sure thing. Nice. So just check that out. Get a hold of us if you want to come out. Uh, big shout out to Ranger Boats. Um, mine's running really well. I'm enjoying it. And the clients are. Um, if you need any Ranger Boat needs, check out Vic Sports Center in Kent, Ohio. Um, Starcraft, Star Welds, Tritons, uh, and the Ranger Boat there. Great service as well. Uh, St. Croix Rods, best rods on earth. Um, I did not break one yet this year. So that streak is like still going good. Uh, love the trolling setup, you know, love their casting things. Um, we had that guy on two weeks ago. It was really, really neat. Gavin. Yeah. And, uh, actually somebody brought one of the musky mojos along and I got to compare it to the premiere and it certainly is lighter. And, uh, and it was cool to see a kind of like a 2019 or a 2020 version of the Musky Mojo uh, casting rod compared to uh, what we've always used as kind of like a staple or the second, your second casting rod on the boat or what my clients cast with this, which is the Premier. Uh, but the Mojo series is really nice. It's lighter. Um, and it was cool to see those uh, upgrades in person that we just talked about. So check out St. Croix Rods. And let's see. The one thing we got to do is Muskie's Inc. So um, following along with the, uh, the common thread here with like what we talk about often is Pennsylvania. I recently saw Jared Sayers post up a, uh, like a video, I believe is a video of all these minnows. And in that, uh, in that post, he was thanking uh, the people from Muskie's Inc. Uh, that helped contribute to buy those minnows. Um, I remember years back, like you never heard of private clubs helping out the uh, public sector here uh, with like the fisheries and stuff like that. But now, uh, just with everything going on, they got a whole truckload of minnows that are probably going to be used to finish up this year's batch of babies muskies that will be stocked here soon. And that's, you know, in big part, thanks to the club. And if you want that to happen in your city, your state, what have you, um, get involved with Muskie's Inc. And if it already isn't happening, uh, bring it up. Try to make it happen. You know, work with these, you know, not nothing normally happens if you're just sitting there waiting for it to happen. Go make it happen. And Muskie's Inc. has the power to help you get those things accomplished. Um, we've talked great length about it, but, you know, now's the time. If you want to make a change, start it now. So join Muskie's Inc. and, you know, make fishing better. And let's see. What else? I think that's all the plugs. That's all the plugs. All right. Do you want to hear a story of heartbreak? Yes. All right. So this past weekend with... So I, I had some construction projects 
going on at my house. And uh, Vance, you know what that is. I had a very mm-hmm. large, uh, a long week of three separate pours of cement to uh, cement my driveway. And mm-hmm. anyone that can uh, understand cement terms, uh, we had 83 yards of concrete dumped in our driveway. Uh, it's a, it's a large driveway. Well, with the way the weather was last week, uh, they got the first third done on Monday and they got the second third done on Tuesday. And I'm thinking we're in the clear prior to that. Let's talk a little, like I learned a lot about, at least in our area, about how concrete workers work and that there's a bunch of like independent concrete finishers is what they what they call themselves that the people that know how to finish concrete hence the name mm-hmm. and if you're a concrete finisher at least around here you either run your own little gig or you bounce from contractor to contractor as needed so one day you might be working for con- concrete guy A the next day you're working for him B or you could be working for A in the morning and B in the afternoon. Something like that. And you just bounce around as needed. Well, I had to question like, okay, I can understand, you know, bringing in three trucks, you know, to, to do a pour like in the afternoon. And then I, you know, the first pour was Monday afternoon. And I'm like, well, come back tomorrow morning, do the second pour, get that finished. And then the afternoon, do the last third. Don't work that way. It's like you're jonesing for people to come and you know just how the cards fell all of mine were afternoon pours except for the last one but so tuesday second pour done i'm like man things are looking good then wednesday's weather changed right yes and then they're not risking it on a pour this big like even like a 30 percent chance they're like we're not risking it we're not going to do it. And I know this is a really short-sighted thing on my part, but I kind of want it done now so I can drive on it sooner. But really, once the time passes in hindsight, it's just like, oh, okay, so two weeks is two weeks. And then for the rest of my life, I should drive on this. Um, but you, you get antsy. And I didn't push them. But the last pour was connecting the first two pours to the road. Well, the last pour is going to dictate when I can really drive on the cement Mm -hmm. because I don't really feel like driving through my yard to drive up on the concrete. I've done it. It's, it's obviously it. All I have to do is turn the wheel a little bit more and hit the gas and I can get up on there. But it's, it's like the thing, like why should I drive through what is now a mud pit? to get up on my cement so then I can clean it later when mm-hmm. it's just a few days. But anyway, so I get Thursday, they were Thursday or Friday. They were, they were able to do a morning pour came in, did it wham, bam done. But now it's, you know, the recommended two weeks. He said, I could probably cheat it, but I'm going to, I'm going to cheat it, but not by a lot. Mm-hmm. You're not going to put big tractor on there. No. But I was getting texts on uh, that Saturday of fishing reports 
the fish you eat mm-hmm. and things are going good. I'm shocked. Well, things are things like fishing is good. Weather is good. Get up here. And I have to send the thing back like, um, it ain't going to happen because I can't get my boat out of the pole barn. <laughs> so here Man, I am. What a rock and all hard place. The guy that never fishes. Things are looking good. Things are looking good, and now you literally can't get out. I am now stuck. I made it. I made my own prison. <laughs> but, but, I mean, to be honest with you, I kind of timed this driveway to make it happen as soon as possible because I don't need this to happen to be poured, let's just say, late June, July, because mm-hmm. then there's a half a month gone, which you know could even be you know three, four weeks gone mm-hmm. of not being able to uh, access the boat. And I know that that tends to be you know better. Early June is kind of hit and miss, but things were starting to rock, and I'm just like, this boat's run ashore. There's there's nothing I can do. I mean, I can look at the boat. If I wanted to, I could have forced it, but. I'm not going to snake the boat out on the little six foot sidewalk that I had poured like four years ago and then try to wiggle it out. It just, it's not worth it. So I said, I'm done. I I can't, I'm sitting this one out. Well, um, the guy that was, uh, telling me, you know, get out here. He messaged Kara, my wife, and asked if I could go fishing Sunday morning. Well, as as this, you know, prior to this, I like to try to sleep in one day on the weekend. And I already woke up early on Saturday to go do some stuff that I'm not even going to get into that debacle. But it it wasn't as productive as I hoped. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to sleep in on Sunday. And Kara's like, yeah, he can go, he can go fishing. I'm like, well, I do want to go fishing. On the other hand, I also want to sleep in. So now I'm in this, this pickle. And I said, well, you know what? Screw it. I'm never going to go if I don't get up and go. So I get in I, I phone conversation. I said, well, what are you thinking? And he's like, I don't know. He goes, I'll let you know in the morning. I'm like, okay. I said, they're calling for like two foot and less. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, but it's blowing northeast. Northeast mm-hmm. is the worst wind on Lake Erie for, for us. And I'm like, okay, when are you, when you going to let me know? He says, I'll let you know at 3.30 a.m. I said, all right. Good God. So I set my alarm for 3.25. So when I get the call, I, I'm not like like super sleepy and make it seem like I'm lazy. <laughs> so I wake up, the phone rings, and I'm like, all right. I said, what, what's the uh, what's the buoy say? So there's a weather buoy out there. And it it's fairly up to date. I don't know if it's every 15 minutes or every hour or whatever, but it's on a website and he's like, uh, it's, it's reading 1.6, but it's not showing a wind speed. He said it's low wind. Well, with the weather buoy, the general rule of thumb is you add one foot to that reading. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, is it 1.6 or 2.6? And he goes, exactly. I don't know. He says, but it's really still like, there's not a lot of wind. I'm like, all right, so what? He's like, meet at the LES at 4.30. All right. So I uh, get up on my five hours of sleep, maybe less, get ready, drive up. I hit sheets, grab a breakfast sandwich, and I get up to the Lower East Side. 
and there's only one car in the parking lot and that's him with his boat. And I drive up next to him, kind of like how you see police cars, how like Mm -hmm. driver's window to driver window. And I roll it down and I'm looking right at this like storage trailer bait shop. And like, there's like a flag somewhere around there and it's like straight out flat, like just going, like going, going. And I look at him and he goes, yeah, it's a little rough out there. I'm like, you ain't kidding. It was like just on the verge of capping, but it was just a constant ripple, like solid boat. I think it's a 22 foot. Uh, sea nymph, one of those like cutty cabins, IO, and it's it, it wasn't so much the wave height, but it's the wind. Vance, you remember that time we went fishing in that east wind? Yeah, and we wheelied. Yes, and we wheelied. Yeah. It was just it was very difficult to control the boat on a line because the wind was just so stiff. It wasn't so much yeah. the waves. On and top he, of you being a horrible captain, but yeah. I understand. Dive in a little bit deeper about that because I don't remember <laughs> that. I remember us like. Oh, we had a lot of fun. We did have. Oh my gosh! Oh. Uh, on that topic, I found. Uh, I I found my GoPro last fall, and I took out the card and I plugged it in. Yeah, I have dude. I have I that video that. of you fighting that fish, and that we actually pulled the. Uh, we pulled all the rods and we chased it. Remember that. I remember that. That was a lot of fun. But and we ended up with two crazy. walleye. <laughs> oh, yeah. We crushed it. <laughs> so, anyways, getting back to my awesome fishing story, he's just like, I really don't want to go out. And I'm like, well, if you don't want to, surely I should have just stayed in bed. That and uh, long story short, we BS'd a little bit. And I drove home with no fish oh. and no fishing. <laughs> Dude, that's terrible. I got home. And oh, I'm, I'm going to go because it's my time to go. I want to sleep <laughs> in. And then you go. And you just like, Psych. absolutely lose, lose, lose. Lose, 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 lose. You want to hear something that gets better? I get home. <laughs> And I I come in the house, I change back into like my soccer shorts that I like to lounge in, and my wife goes, no. And she pointed like at the door because my son had just came into bed and she didn't want me to wake him. So I had to grab my blanket and go sleep on the couch. Dude. This is wrong on so many levels. So I'm on the couch trying to go back to sleep, and out comes my son. So I woke him anyway. Oh, God. So then I had I mean, to play with him, and then I ended up just, like, eventually coming out and painting baits for being a, a bit. zombie. <laughs> I That's still insane. haven't recovered from it, but... Oh, my God. So that is that is my very... Andy's worst day. It wasn't a terrible day. It was it was all right, but it Andy's worst start to a day. It was uh it was not how I envisioned the day going, but you know what? You can't say I didn't try. That's terrible. 
anyways. <laughs> so that's my fishing story from the week. If if anyone really wanted to hear that, me just completely falling flat on my face. I feel bad for you. I, I, I feel for you. That's absolutely terrible. Yeah, I mean the boat's still stuck. You know that I told myself that be that if I wanted to, I'd pull it out this weekend and just do that little because now that pad would have a like almost like eleven days. And he yeah. said that two weeks is like what they tell you. He says you could probably do it in a week. I don't know. I don't need this thing to crack, but I could probably do it. Sure. But it's also like an enormous cold front hitting this weekend. That's true after severe heat, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, how did your fishing go from like that Tuesday, Wednesday in the 90s down to a 70 degree high? Uh, from like a physical standpoint, absolutely terrible. Like, they were they were some of the most dreadful days I've had on the lake in, in the last six years. It was so incredibly hot out there. And... One day was, uh, it was still too, you know, Tuesday, Tuesday was very still and sunny, very still and sunny. And then Wednesday was windy and very sunny and muggy, you know, it was hot, like get out, open up the camper door and just hit in the face with 80 Complete degrees, Suckville. just 80 degrees, like already precipitation on your skin. It's 7.30 a.m. And, and that's how it was for two days. And it was still. And we always allude to those early days in the week are uh, tough if you have kind of a stagnant weather situation because it you're off the weekend. There's a lot of pleasure boaters. They love to drive directly into the weeds rather than in the middle of the lake. Uh, and you get those big weed clumps to to start to come up, you know? So the, the lakes in hangover, um, it's 95 out. It's absolutely still, there's weeds everywhere. And it just makes for an extremely tough day on the water, especially if you have to, like, it was one of those days where I just reeled in 10,000 times. And let me ask you this. So I'm going to set this up and I'll just have you answer it. You essentially have the option of, take down the bimini to allow some airflow over you to help cool you off or you leave the bimini up and get out of the sun but mm -hmm. it's a little more stagnant so what i what i keep the bimini up and but it's just the top part you know the side curtains aren't on and then you keep the walk through window open and it makes for a decent breeze when you're going 50 miles an hour that's essentially it Mm -hmm. Um, but when you're trolling and stuff and it's just stagnant, absolutely horrible, but it would have been worse if I didn't have a bimini. Yeah. That's like I said, I like to fish in the shade. Have you ever thought like about, fish in shade. um, yeah. getting like them little clamp on fans? Like you, you take the buddy heater when it's cold. Why don't you put the little fans up and be like, plug it into the 12 volt sock and just, that would be wonderful. Uh, you know, I should probably hit Amazon or something to see if they have like a clamp on little cigarette out with me. Well, but you can't take that because how are you going to light your cigarettes? That's very true. 
and then those were fantastic on on the hot days. They're just so refreshing. <laughs> but literally, the people that I had out were like not stop chain smoking. I had a horrible day. Like, so does it like? Is there like a backdraft Eddie effect that you're just getting this rolling smoke? Like, oh, like I, what terrible. what that would remind me of when I was younger. My my parents were into bowling. I guess a lot of people in the eighties were into bowling in the early nineties. And there was like a bar there and the whole place by like eight o'clock was just completely filled. Like if you turned a fog machine on high and your mm-hmm. eyes were burning. Oh, it was it was it was awful. Do you, I mean, was uh, that and, something and, and you experienced? Yeah, that that stuff was yeah, I grew up with that stuff, of course. But this was actually real smoke. This was cigarettes. It was kind of like a bingo night at a church hall. You know, people were just smoking the whole time and recycled air. It was terrible. Um, and to top it off, there were bugs everywhere. There was like a hatch going on. Now, wouldn't the smoke help bring down the bugs? No, no there were thousands like on the boat. And they were like pinned to the bimini. And anytime I would grab the net, like a million bugs would be like everywhere. So like biblical, like eerie three years ago. Yes. Yes. Like don't take a deep breath and move very slowly. Yes. Don't take a deep breath. You're going to get them. You're going to get them in your mouth. You're going to get them in your eyes. You're going to get them in your nose. It was like that. It was terrible. Guy was like, yeah, I was like, if I like light up these cigarettes, the smoke will deter them. I was like, "Oh yeah, definitely," and that was just completely disproven. It hmm. just made for a worse day for me. It was bad. Those days were those are some really really hot days, really hot days, and uh, made it difficult fishing for me just because of you know how I like always say efficiency and blah blah blah, and everybody. Always hears me say that, but um, makes you limited to where you control. And I had the troll because of the people, uh, just the clientele I was with. They were in no shape to cast. And um, so it made for a really difficult time. And then, you know, I was I was looking forward to the next day because there were some sturdy winds coming. And uh, that just wasn't the case. All it did was just blow them everywhere. Generally, like after a stagnant day, it'll it'll say, like you go from a no wind day, they'll be like, oh well, then you know some weather is coming in when that happens. Generally, mm-hmm. some type of front. Um, and I look at the uh, you know weather app, and it's like south southwest at ten to twenty, and I'm like, okay, great. Those we you just think okay weeds will be out of some area, and I should be able to run clean in a small area and have an enjoyable day, and it'll be a breezy day with all this heat. Plus the bugs will be gone, but um, that wasn't the case. It didn't go south southwest at all. It came east. It came south. Then it went north, and then it went like south southwest at the end of the day heavily so it just was kind of blowing these weeds all around and 
Like I said, I was just, I, I was wrecked for two days straight. Yeah, we, we got the, uh, we got that heavy rainstorm last night. And it was like a brand new, completely different day this morning. It was. Did, uh, in, no, well, let me in, ask you this before we go too far into that. How was the fishing? Did you did you maintain like what the average was leading up to it during those hot couple days? Did it taper off? Did you notice anything one way or the other time wise? Moon phase, you know, moon majors or something. It went from a grind to get a couple fish to it was on fire this morning for me. Okay, so the hot hot days, so up well above seasonal average shut them down i don't know if it shut them down but it certainly made it difficult for me to reach them because of the intangibles i was talking about the you're out there you're reeling in there's bugs everywhere there's weeds everywhere there's cigarettes everywhere things like that all stop you from being efficient on the water you know so it was a grind to do that. Those are those grinding out days. Then all of a sudden you get this little cold front that comes in. It goes from 90, I've read 97, 97 down to 72 at the high today with solid winds made an area clear. I was then able to fish the way that I wanted to with ease and the fish were firing. Do you think the fish were firing? I know that you just kind of said you you couldn't tell because of the inefficiencies. Do you, because I guess, you know, like the bigger question is that it's a topic that we've talked about in the past that say the water temperature was, I don't know, let's just say 70 degrees starting Monday and it got up a couple more degrees because of that high heat. And then all of a sudden this cold front hit, you know, do the fish really feel the water, uh, the air temperature, because it's, it, it's, it's such a delayed effect to it raise is. the it water is. temperature. Are they reacting, you know, I, and I don't know. No one knows the answer. So well, I'm just no one up. knows the answer, but here's something that's completely 180. But the cold front came in and it, were, it was the better fishing days. Yeah. And I guess at this point, was it, we are calling it a cold front, but it was probably more closer to average than those hot days. Yes. So is it, it would probably be more close to be like, oh, yeah, this is just a normal day. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't know. It's just one of those, you, you try to pin something together and it's never going to be right all the time. So you just might as well say it's never going to be right anytime. Right. But it's just, it was a crazy flip from. I mean, it was a, it was a 25 degree weather change. Mm-hmm. And. I don't know. I mean, there's just no way of knowing if that wind would have hit a direction on uh, Wednesday, cleared out an area, would those fish have just been going bananas? But you just couldn't get get them because of you know outside. Yeah, we will never know. We'll never know. You know, I always say like on uh, an inland lake. It's highly populated. Uh, I try to make no excuses, you know, but I say that my worst days are things that are happening on the surface. 
rather than weather. You know, it's the weeds. Mm-hmm. So that's your excuse. That's yeah. a joke. <laughs> I mean, that's my excuse. And I have to apologize if I seem short right now, but there is a uh, incredible, uh, like, pollen hatch. Okay. And I'm actually, like, going through a sneeze attack right now. And I just wiped my eyes with my shirt, and it's filled with musky blood. So I put musky blood directly in my eyes. Is that going to so give you a superpower? I don't know. I don't know. I hope it stops the sneezing. <clears throat> my God. Have you ever been with me on a sneeze attack? No. They happen like in 30s. It's really like, terrible. Like 30 sneezes in a row. Like, thir- like hit you. Like sniffle. Hit you. Sniffle. Okay. <laughs> so I've been trying to like power through this, but it's been, you know, difficult to do this because of what happened. I have like bad sneeze attacks sometimes that I, I like can't even uh, drive the car. It's insane. It's hereditary. Hmm. Anyway. Okay. Let's continue. All right. <laughs> also having a sneeze attack in the middle of fishing. Or during the middle of a podcast makes for great radio. No, it's incredible. You know, that's why we're number one. That's right. Undisputed champs. Oh, no doubt. We're going for a six-peat right now. Lineal champions. But, yeah, that's that's essentially what happened this week. Um, but, you know, you go from extremely hot weather days, cold front. Like I said, you think cold front, bad. Uh I like when those cold fronts come in after a, uh, you know, after a couple like really hot days and it's tough on the water. I'm re- on, on the, uh, on inland lakes that are populated, which the majority of people are fishing, um, that listen here and are across the lower 48. I'm not worried about, uh, I'm not worried about them. You know, I look forward to them because we talk about it all the time. You know, the moon phase, you get burned on the full moons. Um, and then here comes a cold front day and you have a double digit day, you know, things like that. So, uh, pretty extreme weather change goes against the books. It led to good fishing. Why? Because I was out there. I was out there fishing. I didn't let's say, Oh, well, a cold front came in. I'm not going to go, go fishing. Oh, I'm going to tell you this right now. Obviously I mean, it- Andy. Andy has a different situation. You know, he was on a bigger body of water, with giant waves. Not a good idea to go fishing. Yeah. It, yeah. It, whatever. It, it is what it is. I mean, there, there's a point to where punishment just isn't worth it. But I mean, like kind of going back to the musky stuff, that was, that's me. When it comes to cold front, I'm not going to do it because I'm not beating my head against the wall. I know I'm missing out on fish, but it's a very comfortable excuse. Very much so. And then I would just go and do something else, which sometimes it's really hard to come to grips with. Like, you know, as much as I really want to do this, I want to do something else more. And without actually having to admit it to yourself that Mm -hmm. it's okay to be like, yeah, it's not, I'm not going to do this today because there's other things I want to do, but it's really hard. It's really hard to come to the, come to those terms. Mm-hmm. Just, it is. It's a, it's a mental beat. Down. 
And uh, that's one of those things where you just have to overcome it mentally and go because you never know what's going to happen, you know. But it is an easy excuse. The weather is always that easy excuse to say this is why the fishing was bad. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know. Some I look, I think back, way back in time, when I w- I, I remember this one time, very very vividly. It was um, one of those really hot days, bluebird, high sun, almost no wind, and I was out there not seeing any fish. It was on a small local lake. And I saw one black little cloud, and I don't know how big this cloud was. I, I think of it as a hundred acre cloud, but I I really couldn't tell you. It could have been five miles long. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just said, you know what? That cloud's going right for that sun. It's the only cloud in the sky. And it wasn't like it was going to dump rain, but it was a dark colored cloud. And when it did, I made my way over to what I thought was the best spot in the lake, and. That's when I caught my third 40-plus-inch pike in Pennsylvania, right when that cloud hit that sun. And then and there I, it is. There it was, and then I believe I had two muskies take take swipes at the bait. Mm-hmm. And then the cloud left, and I didn't see another dumb fish all day. How about that? And And I'm just like, I mean, to me, it just solidified the textbook, some kind of something change in light condition, a cloud cover, this and that. And and then at that point, you just kind of subscribe to all of the, this is just, this is the way it is. People figured this out. Why should I sit here and try to uh, reinvent the wheel? It's cold fronts bad, high sun bad. You get these weather changey days, this and that. And it's just not the case. Mm-hmm. But because you can't actually put your thumb on anything, it's very easy to just be like, yeah, I'm just going to go with the way this, you know, the way the book tells me to. And you're going to catch fish because that's the time you're going fishing. Mm-hmm. You're not catching Absolutely. them if you're not there. Absolutely. But agreed, agreed on that. The, the neat thing about today too was, uh, yeah, you know, we I allude to these like windows of activity. <clears throat> And these were completely off any moon cycle today. Uh, Moonrise, moon overhead, anything like that. Um, But Todd and I, Todd came back up uh, from home and was taken out of charter today. And uh, I was working the area I had been the the last couple of days. Todd comes down, starts fishing the same area. I net a fish. I look up like quarter mile. He's netting a fish. Move on, pass each other, net a fish, text him. And I'm like, just got one on X bait at X amount of line. And he's like, we just missed one at X bait in X amount of time. It was like minutes off. Those windows are so interesting mm-hmm. to see happen uh, in in live like live action which is and you know we're in different parts you know maybe a quarter mile apart maybe a half mile apart but there's some type of activity happening and there's no rhyme or reason to it there there was no moon so what is happening there 
underneath the water where those fish are just like hitting at the same time. That's what's really neat and unknown. That's the beauty of fishing. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I can't even, you know, it just goes back to throwing out all these mystery, mystery things. Absolutely. That's why it's just kind of, you know, put your head down, grind it out and see what happens. But surely is neat, you know, when you see fish hit at the same time, you know, and get action at the same time. Hmm. Anywhere on the lake. Interesting. Yeah. Other than that, like, you know, my opening, the, the opening season on Chautauqua has been great. Uh, it's just your standard early season, uh, good days, average days, things like that. Um, fish are shallow, high in the water column, um, and anything can happen. Uh, and it's, it's, um, it's fun. It's challenging to put a pattern together this early in the year. Um, and, uh, I find that intriguing and really fun when you, when you step foot on, on the water, uh, this early, um, just because so much is changing fish are, especially on the natural body of water, the fish are coming off the spawn and, uh, it just is, it's an exciting time of year and you feel kind of accomplished when you put something together in an early season pattern, you know, fun. Mm -hmm. And there's been some blunders. I did break a couple things, three reels one day. In one day you broke three reels. Mm -hmm. Reeling in weeds, just grinding gears. It was insane. They were brand new too. Okay. I was just about to ask you, are these like ones that you've been using a lot or? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, they were, they were new. There were two new ones and uh, one old one, you know, from like last season. And I immediately got onto eBay and bought some more. And, um, you know, they were shipped pretty quick and spooled them up and were ready to go. But uh, I just can't find like a great trolling reel. It sucks. Now, with those broken reels, is the thought just to throw them in the corner somewhere, throw them away, or do you think it's worth to... Uh... I don't want to get them repaired. Uh, Why is that? Because I've done that before, and they just don't come back the same. They start doing the same thing, you know? Because you're, and... you're putting new parts into something that's already half-wore out. That's, that's what it is, you know? So I just junk them. I can't find one, and obviously I fish a lot more than... Pretty much everybody, I would imagine. Um, you know, we're out there all the time. So I put a lot of wear and tear on things. If I can get two seasons out of out of a trolling reel, I'm like, it's incredible, you know. I probably shouldn't spool this one up. It's just going to die. I'd rather just throw it in the trash. Mm -hmm. And rather than spend 50, 60 bucks with shipping to get it repaired where I know it's just, you know, you're putting a band-aid on something, just buy the buy a new one, you know. But I I broke them. Uh and whatever. That's what I and and I have so many on the boat right now, I don't and I haven't had time to go through them. I don't know which ones are good and bad, which is terrible. Because 
I don't know what's going on there, you know? <laughs> I don't know which one to pick for yeah, a backup. Right. You know? Now, did you just go ahead and order the replacements, or did you say, just give me a six-pack or something? I ordered. I just ordered the, like, bundles, you know, of them. Okay. I have, like, six new rails here. Just ready to eventually die. Do you put mono backing on your reels? I do. Okay. I do, and I try to, like, match some type of diameter to uh, the trolling... Um, you know, the trolling line that, that I'm using, it's generally around like a 30 to 40 pound. Uh, like mono. Mono. Yeah. Okay. But I started using that Andy braid, A-N-D-E braid. It's a saltwater line last year. Um, and I really enjoy it because it's very durable. Um, I like it on my trolling reels only. Uh, because of the wear and tear, it held up better than, you know, line X and where like I use inline planer boards when you're consistently getting fish at a certain depth and you're clipping that inline planer board on the same spot of the line, it's lasting longer than the other brands. And that's just something that's one little perk where for me to say like, Okay, I like this investment to use these, this this line, you know, because mm-hmm. that's where your your break offs can happen. You start cl- clipping it, say you're like, you know, ten feet, clip a planer board on, or fifty feet, and you start seeing the phrase and phrase and phrase. I can go for a long time without getting that thing to fray, and um, that's that's what's cool about it. So, mono backing, eighty to a hundred pounds. And again, people are always like, holy crap, a hundred pounds. And what are you fishing for? Sharks? Yeah. And it's like, no, dude, like you, you over, you over tackle all the time. Um, and it's for situations like this, when you're back to back to back to back days on the water, doing the same thing, it's going to last, you know? So you do that with 30 pound or 40 pound or whatever, that thing's going to last. It would, I'd probably be done in two days with how much wear and tear goes on that stuff. Mm-hmm. Have you, when putting backing on, reset the line counter and just say, I go to number X? Um, and, and then just no. say, I, 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 I eye it up because wouldn't that, wouldn't that counter? be inaccurate because there's nothing on it the actual line footage would be inaccurate but the amount of revolutions you turn should be relatively close from one reel to another mm-hmm. it is changing the diameter but if you just say i'm gonna put on i i tie it everything seems tight and you engage the reel and you start reeling you know you, you zero it when you start reeling and let's just say you go to 400 mm-hmm if you do that from reel to reel to reel, it should be relatively close. Yeah. I didn't know if you had here's, like a number when you did it so or you just kind of say, I what, go to a line. Here, so I go to a line because I've been using the same trolling reels for whatever, 10 years. Um, I go to just like a visual. What, what, I, what I shoot for is like 300 feet of braid. That's what I want to have. 
mm-hmm. is at least 300 feet on there. Um, that gets me to where it's a little bit overspooled. So when it does fray, I can cut X amount off and still feel like I'm getting that accurate reading off of the, the line counter with it still being at a full spool, you know? And then at the and at the end of the year or mid season, whatever happens, if I have a bad tangle, obviously I will. I'll get it back to that, you know. Try to get back to that th- at least three hundred feet feet of braid, uh, on the line, and that's just for my trolling stuff, you know. It's mono's cheaper than braid. Back it as much as you can, but I personally like at least three hundred feet. Yeah, and let me think here. Have you ever, have you ever flipped the line? Like, so you're you're having all these extra reels now. You still have to do it to one, to kind of hit hit start. You know, start over on it. Mm-hmm. Like to where you take you, you have a broken reel. You take a new reel, and you tie the the line onto the spool, and you reel that one up. You free spool the broken reel and you crank in all the line onto the new reel from the old reel. Then you can to recycle this. Now you have braid backing and mono mainline. Mm-hmm. You grab another reel, you tie the mono on and reel it back up. And essentially you just transferred everything over to a new reel. And if you do that to all your broken reels, they'll be in the garbage and there was no like sitting there with a drill and like yeah. the old thing and you're sitting there peeling yeah. it off and it comes off the spool and goes around the chuck and it just balls up into a big mess. <laughs> yeah, I definitely do that. And I encourage people to do that uh, because the majority of that line that's way back there to recycle through, like doesn't see the light of day. So it's extremely strong. Um, you can and- also, yeah, you can also flip the line too. That's what I, that's what I do. I, I flip the line, you know, mm-hmm. like I'll take an empty spool. What I do is like, I'll take the empty spool. I'll put the backing on it. Then I'll connect the line and reel it in, you know, so that, and, I, and like I said, I usually have like 300 foot. So, you know, the closer it gets, you know, when you're in like the two hundreds, you're that, that line has never seen the light of day. It's just as, as just as strong. No, it's brand new. Get, it's just yeah. got a little bit wet once in a while. Absolutely. Yeah. So I do that all the time. You definitely should recycle line. Yeah. It's been fun though. Um, you know, just fishing every day back to the, the normal grind. It's an absolute blessing to be able to work um, during these times. And, uh, you know, I really, I miss the uh the hustle of the bait side of it i really do um i enjoy that during a couple months that we don't fish um and i wish i could help you out more but it sucks right now yeah. to be you can't fish can't do nothing get a giant order yeah luckily some of the colors that i've been pa- i was painting uh were on the order Oh, no kidding. Some of them, yeah, because uh, I was painting some standards. Um, the only thing that's going to suck is there's a chance that, like, I might not have the quantity <laughs> of, of some of those colors that I just got done painting. 
So I'm gonna have to oh, repaint them. Oh man! Not the end. Our, of the bla- world, our, our blanks are gonna be gone. You know, the idea is to, you know, we want to be like sustainable as a vape company. Uh, it would be really sweet to paint and be already ready for 2021. That was kind right of now. the thought. Like we got all these blanks now. and from Todd and we we're like, this will last us and I'll just pick away at them through the summer when, <clears throat> when I, when I can, mm-hmm. but I'm already looking at stuff like, well, we did that. We looked at it and I was just like, it's not going to work. You know, I mean, it was it's almost just... like the, the visual of these baits almost seemed insurmountable when you looked at them and you're like, this is going to last us for years. No. And now I'm looking at it like, man, I don't think I can like really even want to paint if I'm going to put three of one color on the, on the pegs. Mm-hmm. It's almost like, well, I got to just start picking my favorite here. No, we looked, we looked at it. We want to do a drop of like specialty colors one more time. And I think I primed like what, like 80 baits or whatever the pegs could hold a hundred some baits. I don't know what it was. The ones you just painted up. That's probably more like 140, 150. Yeah. And then I just remember looking at the boxes and I'm like, we're going to be at square zero, you know, during hunting season. It's going to be the same old story, which is a good, it's, it's a good problem to have, but, um, I mean, yeah, we're, we're, we're talking like there, there's people out there that would love to be like, man, I'd love to not be able to keep up, but I view this as a failure on our part because why can't we just seem to get our crap together and just pull up the pegs and be like, yeah, we are now at a good spot, but it's, it's never like that. (laughs) <laughs> it's never been like that you know and that's a, that's the shit of it all well, you know like that it would be nice to do these random drops of stuff with the painting and to have my bait closet not just look yeah. like I'm a freak that likes to hang paper clips in very specific yeah, or, quarters <laughs> empty that. paper would you like to see my paper clip collection look at this collection I have hold on it's behind this black mysterious curtain now some of these are from 2010 <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's a cra- see crazy. now this this was the uh this was a standard staple uh, from paper, uh, from from staples. It came from the hundred count uh, box, and, and at the time the box was brown, and it's a number one uh, paperclip here. So you see these deviations on this. This means this was made in like Kennedy, West Virginia, or some city. Mm-hmm. I don't know. A lot of history where. In- you know, and you could just go on for forever. Yeah, like that, but... like I had some crazy stamp collection. Yeah, you know, like like a huge stamp collection, and people look at this. You're like, so uh, do you just like to have symmetrical paper clips hanging by the thousands? What's be What's behind these curtains? Oh, you, you want to see my pleasure room? Broken chairs, paper clips, and crossbows. <laughs> <laughs> Do you are you sure you're ready for this? <laughs> Ta-da! As I drop the curtain, <laughs> it'd be like the the like uh, bad curtain to pick on like the Price Is Right. 
Yeah. Wah, wah. <laughs> and the other one was like an all-inclusive trip to Hawaii. A new car. It's like, what do we have? Nothing in inventory ever. <laughs> like we we claim to be good businessmen, but we never have anything. <laughs> we can't keep up with production at all, not even raw. <laughs> Come Come to us for all your trolling needs. Like we're out of everything. Oh, Bates, no problem. Actually, it is a problem. There's none. Well, actually, my new business venture is harvesting cobwebs that seem to collect in the closet. <laughs> we have an. We should write a book. How to run a business. The problem yeah. is all the bookstores would look like our closet They're empty bags. <laughs> Chapter one. Don't have anything. Talk to us and do the opposite. <laughs> the end. Have wholesalers rely on you, but then you have to give them a disappointing like, oh, crap. We have nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so I replied to Aaron. Hey, do you know what I like most about Christmas? And his email reply was what? I said, getting things. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I love most about the holidays after like a rigorous hunting season is having to like scratch tooth and nail to, to get some type of inventory going on. Yeah, nothing gets done faster than the last minute. It's like Okay, I got to put put the uh, like. There's no doubt you've painted and then had to go and put the gifts under the tree. Oh, I've yeah. You know that's the the shit of it all. You I can, mean, I painted for like three hours on my birthday, just yeah. because I'm like I got time now. I might as well do it. Mm-hmm. Not yeah. that I'm I'm not a big guy. That's like, well, it's my birthday. I'm not going to work. That's that's mm-hmm. not me. I mean, some people are. I get it. Cool. <laughs> To me, I mean, I, I guess I'm I'm a little flattered that how many people like wished me happy birthday on my birthday. I was on them. Yes, you were. I mean, I had a lot more people texting me that I literally didn't realize that I had some numbers in the phone that I'm like, oh, my gosh. I mean, everyone seemed to have found this one out. The thing is with a birthday and. I mean, I'm horrible at like saying thank you and stuff like that, especially on Facebook. So I apologize if you're looking for that. But something about a birthday really, and I'm going to, this is going to sound really very bad. I don't feel as though I should be congratulated for just being alive for another year because like literally everyone alive has a birthday. I did nothing to earn that. (laughs) (laughs) Does that sound horrible? Thank your parents for the conception, I guess, is where it should should go. I don't know, maybe, but it's just like the only way I don't have a birthday is if I'm dead. And so yeah. the, the, it's just like, yeah, it's here. Everyone has one. <laughs> to kids, it's, it's a big deal. That, that's where it is. That's where it is, though. You know, but you got to paint on the birthday. You got to paint. 
on the holidays. We got to get it together. And but I, I okay, I'm going to say this right now. Thanks to everyone for uh, congratulating me on not dying this year. Very nice. Okay. Like have a safe flight. Yes. Great. The unknown. Yeah, it's all all silliness. This is such a busy time of year, you know. I'm on the water, sun up to sundown. You're running to, you know, our business plus your own business, and major construction projects and huge maintenance mm-hmm. on property. Yeah, I would love if we could produce fun stuff throughout the summer with neat colors and stuff while people are fishing. Oh, like I mean, drop, we, we, the, we like tried to plan that, that. We did. Yeah. It just blew up in our face. Kaboom. And we said when we had these blanks, it's like, you know, a wholesale order is going to come in. It's yeah. like, yeah, but we'll be ready. Nope. Not even close. It's fun, but yeah, it, it's like the uh, that meme that Rogan recently retweeted, uh, or whatever, shared on Instagram, and it went all over Facebook. It's something like the CDC and the WHO like response to the COVID nineteen, and it's that woman I don't know s about f. <laughs> oh yeah, that was that's us right now, like that is. anticipating demand. <laughs> <laughs> we are all calm, cool, and collected on the surface. <laughs> Just a giant train wreck. We get. <laughs> Want to see my closet? Yeah. Of nothing. <laughs> we get off the podcast line. And we're just like we are screwed. <laughs> you know. <laughs> It's good though. It's like you Michael know. Scott in the fire drill. Don't panic. Don't panic. <laughs> Help. He breaks cat up into the drop ceiling. <laughs> like that's going to solve something. <laughs> and then it comes down. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah. We're a big dumpster fire <laughs> right now. It's all good. It's all good. And he said, I need a couple baits. I lost my most prized walleye, or uh, my most prized mud puppy. Raptor? Raptor, yeah. Oh, it was such a good running bait. It was just all chewed up. It didn't even look like a mud puppy. And I lost that. uh, Within like the first five days of the season, it really sucked. And it was just, it like sank. It's out there somewhere. I was just crushed. Well, you're in luck, Disco Duck. But a walleye, too. I'm in just... a soft tail. Oh, man. I have a big bunch of mud puppies, but I got to figure, I got to, I got to look when we hang, when, when we get this show done, I'm going to go ahead and take a look at that order sheet and see what I actually have left. But I also have, um, I will trade you that walleye for this chameleon, black back, black barred walleye, orange belly. 
Well, that sounds sexy. Exactly what you wrote down, and you drew me that beautiful photo to paint. It's a pretty good photo, yeah. It was, uh, yeah, it was <clears throat> museum quality. Did you did you do a couple of those? I did, like, yeah, I did. I probably did a dozen. That's fun. That's something we could well, sell. Well, it it matched Mud Puppy very close, so I said I'm gonna just piggyback this on that. Yeah. So when you were painting, when I'm painting, so I can not clean yeah. the gun every yeah. three seconds. Yeah, early season blunders, you know, losing baits already, breaking reels, but the rods are good. Rods are running well, but I did lose my favorite casting lore. It sucked. It was on me, too. I lost it. You're out of the family. I know. That's what Vince Lombardi said. If you lose, you're out of the family. The, uh, Actually, no, that's what Homer said to Bart that he quoted Vince. Also, in the early season... Um, because of the bite that I talked about was like inconsistent and it's kind of a grind. Uh, the people that fish the lake, uh, Lake Chautauqua, you know, I've already gotten texts and stuff of people saying that they were selling their campers and stuff, uh, which is really, it happens all the time, you know, and people get irritated on the water and they're just like, ah, sucks. You know, you expect to catch, like a, you know, a pile of them every time you go in Chautauqua, but it's not, you know, it's still musky fishing. That's what makes it fun. It wouldn't be fun to go out and catch 10 every day and just be like every other species. Well, for someone it would be. Yeah, but that's the that's beauty of musky fishing, you know. I know, I get it. You know, it's like, a, it's a challenge uh, all the time. And, uh... That's what I really enjoy about this early season. I don't worry about the hard days, you know. Brighter days are ahead. And it humbles you, you know, it makes you hungrier to go out there and, you know, put something together. It's so much fun. A lot of fire. But some people just expect that stuff. And uh, it's awesome. I'm having fun. Having a good time. Yeah. Queen will be broken out soon. I know you hate Queen, but it's been good. The other thing about the early season is like experimenting on new baits, you know, that you buy at the shows and stuff. That's that's really fun. Um, but I've been getting fish on like new baits and stuff, and that's always cool. And he's like BWB Resex, six inch deep divers. They're pretty cool. Caught some fish on those. It's fun. It's an experimental time. Really tests your patience. Mm-hmm. Um, it's fun. Very That's nice. all I got. That's all I got. All I'm got. out on the water again. Friggin' 14 hours tomorrow, 14 hours the next day. See how it goes. Excellent. Well, I'm going to wrap it up there then. All right. Big thanks to Fat AZ Musky Products, Muddy Creek Fishing Guide, St. Croix Rods, Vicks Marine, Ranger Boats, and Muskies, Inc. 
um, with all of that. I appreciate people that made it this far into this show. Hope you had a laugh at our expense, and uh, good luck fishing. <laughs>